And so we declare inside of that timeline that God is doing kingdom humanity in the church and in the earth. He's doing, he's moving and he's doing kingdom humanity. And we define kingdom humanity simply as the prophetic conviction that God is adorning the church with the humanity of Christ. Kingdom humanity is a prophetic conviction we carry in our hearts that God is adorning the church with the humanity of Christ. Now let's say this together. Kingdom humanity is the prophetic conviction that God is adorning the church with the humanity of Christ. And if a fan friend asks you, what is kingdom humanity? Well, it really means that God is adorning the church with the humanity of Christ. It means that there's an anointing coming from God that is helping us to, 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 to put in human form what is the nature of Jesus. He is doing that in a significant way inside of this time. And as we track this flow, there are two fundamental scriptures that we are using to proclaim, to articulate the reality of adorning that is taking place in the church. Adorning is a beautiful word. The first scripture of kingdom humanity was, that's the next thing a friend will ask you. So what scriptural basis do you have for me? The first scripture of kingdom humanity is Revelation chapter 21 verse 2. Revelation chapter 21 and verse 2. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. These are pictures and visions uh, and images that God is releasing prophetically to John. And he's seeing things. I saw these things. And he uses the word adorn. The bride was adorned, and that word is cosmeo. It's a word that means to put in proper order. It means orderly arrangement. It means to decorate and to beautify. It's the same word that is used for ladies or for women. In 1 Peter, when it says women must make themselves beautiful by decorating their souls, it's the same word. By adorning their souls. It's the same word, cosmeo. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. So if we're saying kingdom humanity, we're saying God is putting proper order in the church. He's putting orderly arrangement. He's putting definitions for human life that are going to come from the nature of Christ, that are going to be revealed to us by the Spirit of God. He's decorating us. He's making us beautiful in the midst of a, a corrupted world. We can see some of these things now in terms of those definitions, but we also equally acknowledge, acknowledge that God is going to be revealing these along the way as we walk the journey, right? You've got to start to walk. And you're going to find as you engage the mission that you're going to you know, bump into issues. You're going you're gonna to bump into maybe areas of confusion. You're going to pray prayers, God, show me citizenship. And the more your people praying is the more the spirit of God pours. That's what's going to happen. As you grapple with issues of personal humanity inside of your own life, God, I want to see what it is and what it means to be human in you. 
And as you pray those prayers, as you fast, as you search the scriptures around that, the Spirit of God is going to pour into your heart. Well, it's basically, we put pressure into the spirit realm by our desires and by our prayer, praying, yeah? By our faith. The book of Genesis, it says, I saw a mist ascending from the earth into the heavens. The prayers of the people, the desires and the cries and the lamentation of the people, of the church. A grieving church, a church that is crying to God, God, show me what, not the church that is satisfied with who she, who she is. Because church can be like this, you know, like it uses the, the, the image of a woman, so women, I'm not picking on you. I'm really just speaking the word of God. It's like a lady standing in front of the scripture, in front of in front of the mirror, and you're looking, and the decoration is not looking very great. But okay, I'm happy with myself. <laughs> I'm gonna go out there in society. I'm, I'm, I look beautiful right now, you know, <laughs> according to me. <laughs> Mafa said that I didn't say that. <laughs> According to me, I look great right now. I look beautiful. I'm going to go out in society. Look at me. I'm the most powerful thing that ever happened in God. And we can have that kind of attitude, right? God wants us to be crying, to be lamenting. A prophet wrote a whole book of lamentations. To be grieving. You know, blessed are those who grieve in Zion. God sees the grief that ascends out of, his, out of his church into the heavens. We need to be adorned. Our grief right now is that God adorn us. Yeah? God give us a humanity that is faith-based. Shift us and set us free from a culture-based humanity. We need the humanity of Jesus Christ and we need to be empowered and activated in areas of citizenship. Give us the revelation of what that looks like. That's the kind of prayer that you and I need to be praying inside of this time. Amen. So that's our first scripture. What is our first scripture? Revelation 21 verse 2. You want to be reading that, be staring at that, beholding that, letting that speak into you. And let God really minister into your heart uh, as, you, as, you, as you behold that scripture. Then there's a second scripture. Ephesians Chapter 4, verses 22 to 24. Ephesians 4, verses 22 to 24. You are taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self, to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. You are taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self which has been corrupted by its deceitful desires to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self. Say to your neighbor, that is happening after your salvation. So there is a journey. Salvation launches you. Salvation activates you on a journey of formation. What kind of journey? It's a journey of formation. And the word that Paul is using, old self, new self, the word self there is the word anthropos, which is the word humanity, human being, humanity. This is not a, a word that speaks into gender, you know, old self or old man. 
I think other translations would say, old men not as in gender, not old male, but old men as in old humanity, new humanity. And it says, the new humanity is created to be like God. Created to be like God. Which means you and I are actually undergoing a process of creation. Yeah? You and I are undergoing a process of creation. And that process of creation is facilitated by your obedience. God convicts you by showing you who you, who you need to be in Christ. And then you obey I actually going through transformation. That's how, that's a wheel of creation. The wheel of creation is made up of two drivers of conviction and obedience. Conviction and obedience. What are those drivers? Conviction and obedience. Conviction, those are the drivers of your creation. And if those drivers are robbed in some way, your creation is put on a halt. It stops. And if your creation stops, you remain your old self. You remain your old self, saved but old. Saved but not like Christ. Saved but failing to represent who Christ is in the, in the world. And that becomes a problem. Yeah. There is an inheritance in salvation, which is our new humanity. That's what we cry for. That's the lamentation. That's the grief. That's the prayer. That's what we pray for. God, I want new humanity. I want new humanity from you. Give me new humanity. Amen. Jesus is word in the flesh, right? Jesus is word in the flesh. And that proclamation was powerful in the early days in the early church because some people basically canceled the flesh element of Christ. And they accepted his divinity, but they said it's not possible to actually have him humanized here on earth or incarnated. And that was the problem. And you have a, a theological crisis emerging in the earth, in the church right now. And really, when you listen to people, that's what they say. They say, yes, we are saved by grace, but actually, I don't know if we can walk in the power of his nature. In 2023, it's a doctrinal theological crisis. He is word in the flesh. Christ cannot be separated. He is word. He is spirituality and humanity, which means a kingdom humanity is the anointing coming from heaven that is releasing the nature of Christ in human form in the church, right? And we say this, Christ is the image of God. He reveals God to us. But Christ is also the image of man. He reveals us in God. When we look at Christ, we see the image of God. But when we look at Christ, we also see our image. 2 Corinthians 3.18, As I behold him, I see myself. Huh? As I behold him, I see myself. As I stand in the mirror that is Christ. And the mirror that is Christ is a spiritual mirror. It's unlike your natural mirror. Your natural mirror shows you in your current state. The spiritual mirror shows who you should become. Who you need to be. Your true nature 
you know, as we stand in front of Christ, we see ourselves. So he reveals God to us, but he reveals us in God. And that's a beautiful thing. Everybody got that? So everybody got the two scriptures? Yep. Uh, Revelation 21 verse 2, Ephesians 4 verses 22 to 24. That's why we call it kingdom humanity. Was, there's emphasis on humanity here. Put on your new humanity. We're being decorated. There's, there's an anointing that is coming in, hu in human form. This anointing is not a Sunday morning anointing. It can be proclaimed here, but it needs to be lived out on Tuesday, on Wednesday. It is not fulfilled until it is practiced in your space of, of life. Amen? Yeah, that's the nature of the anointing. That's the nature of the anointing. It's a humanity anointing. It's God forming us from the, from the ground and putting the bread of life into, into our lives and causing us to be alive in Christ. That's the kind of anointing. We've got to activate this inside of our lives. And the activation of this really just takes us back to how things were created to be. The order of creation. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26. And as we grapple with how do we activate the mission God. Now we understand that there's a humanity that is flowing from heaven into my life, right? I get that concept. I get the principle. I get that revelation. But now God, I need to come out of this meeting and actually practice this. And God says, well, let me give you the framework of how you do this. Let's go back to the order of creation. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. And that word man there, in the Hebrew is not the word male. The word Adam is the word human being, mankind, male and female. It is an inclusive, all-inclusive word. Let us make people, another translation would say, in our image, in our likeness. Let us make females and males in our likeness. In our image, in our likeness. That's where this journey begins. And in Genesis chapter 2 and verse, 20, and verse 7, the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living being. We're starting to see the structure of life of how God created us. So God forms us, the body part, the flesh part, the the physical part. He breathes his spirit into us, into our lives, and we become a living soul. In Genesis chapter 2 and verse 15, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. And in verse 15, chapter 2 Genesis of Genesis, our story of creation is completed there. And so we see what we call three spheres of human life. In how God created us. The first sphere is God created us with the element of spirituality, the breath of life. He gave us, right? The breath of life. He gave us the breath of life. That's what God did. That's the first thing that God did. The second component or sphere of life is the humanity sphere. He gave us a body and a soul. He made us a psychological being. He, 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 put a, he put a soul on the inside of us. He gave us a mind. And then thirdly, God put us 
in a space of life, which is the Garden of Eden. And that completes the creation of human life. Spirituality, the breath of life. Humanity, body and soul. The space of life, which is the Garden of Eden. Everything takes place within that context. And that is the foundation that Kingdom Humanity says, well, if you want to live for Christ effectively, you've got to go back to this framework. Amen? Yeah? In your thinking, in your understanding, in your administration of your life, in your evaluation of how you are living, you need to be thinking about your spirituality, your humanity, and your space of life. You need to be thinking about your spirituality, your humanity, and your space of life all the time. In how you're living for God. Otherwise, you fall again, like I always say, into the trap of Lot. He was thinking about his devotion, right? Uh-huh. Remember the guy called Lot? Good guy. Thinking about his devotion, I think he was thinking about his humanity. He was a righteous man. But he wasn't thinking about his space of life. Sodom and Gomorrah. And evil began to prevail there because he wasn't thinking about his space of life. He didn't think that he needed to let God infiltrate that space with his government and with his administration. The thing is, are we thinking about our homes? Are we thinking about our families? Are we thinking about our workplaces? Are we thinking about our schools, universities? Are we thinking about our cities? Are we thinking about all of those elements to represent Christ much more effectively in 2023? Everybody got that? So the man had the breath of life. He had humanity, body and soul, but you could not separate the man from his space of life, the Garden of Eden. Yeah. And so am I thinking about my family? You know, I, I may be live with Jesus in my heart and, and celebrating Jesus, but you know, what's this, is there government of God in my home? When I look at my, the structure of my home, am I happy? Am I happy? When I look at my company, my workplace, am I happy? How do, how do I work? I can, I, can, I can have a great worship session on Sunday morning. How do I show up into the space called workplace on Monday morning? What are the hostile cultural elements there that I need to be confronting? Am I a lot in the workplace? Turning a blind eye because, well, this system feeds my livelihood. And so turning a blind eye to all sorts of hostile cultural elements that are hostile to the kingdom of God. Am I standing in the gap within that space for those, you know, who, who may, be, may be, you know, being ill-treated by the system, by the space? Am I equipped? Am I standing in the space, in the, in the, in the gap within the space? Absolutely important, right? So we go back to the order of creation to, uh, to, to, uh, to get a framework from there. And in the order of creation, we see that we have devotion, we have personal humanity, and we have citizenship. So let's say this together. I'm a, I'm a priest. I'm a, priest. I'm, a human, I'm a human. And I'm the inhabitant. Let's say that again. I'm a priest. I'm a human. I'm the inhabitant. All those three, kingdom humanity is taking those three spheres and components, is putting them within the radar of Christ. In the past, maybe 
the inhabitant component of my life was in some other radar. I say, well, this is the holistic human life. This is how it looks like. My inhabitation is now under the microscope of the Spirit of God. He's not just speaking into my heart, but he's also asking me about my space of life. It grieves me when my space of life is not structured correctly. Because I know I need to represent something there. I'm a priest. I'm a human. I'm the inhabitant. Everybody got that. Our faith in Christ must align with the order of creation. Remember, salvation is the restoration of creation, right? Salvation is the restoration of creation. What is salvation? Restoration of creation is what salvation is. And unless we understand the order of creation, then we'll misapply salvation. Salvation is the restoration of creation. The nature of Christ must flow through this three, these three spheres of life. These three components of life. Christ the priest in me. Christ the human. Christ the inhabitant. Christ the priest. Christ the human. And Christ the, let's say that together. Christ the priest. Christ the human. Christ the the inhabitant. It is, for this reason that it is for this reason that he came as the last Adam to restore fully what was lost in the Garden of Eden. Everybody got that. So the three spheres of human life allow us to gain a greater measure of Christ. In devotion, Jesus enters my heart, right? Uh-huh. In devotion, Jesus enters enters my heart. In personal humanity, Jesus transforms my life. In citizenship, Jesus governs my space of life. And that's what we're calling, this is kingdom humanity. In devotion, Jesus enters my heart. In personal humanity, Jesus transforms my life. In citizenship, Jesus governs my space of life. So if you go back to the example of Lot, you can have Jesus in your heart and maybe to a certain extent, Jesus transforming your life, but you can have demons running your space. Yeah? Everybody got there? You can have Jesus in your heart, Jesus transforming your life, but you can have Jesus Messing up with your space. And he said, in a sense, that's what happens in families. That's what happens to Christian parents. How many times we're going to have Jesus in our hearts and Jesus maybe transforming our lives, or we're going to have demons causing havoc in our space of life? Because we don't know how to be inhabitants within our own families. And so we are facilitating a greater measure, measure of Christ, by facilitating a holistic kingdom experience inside of the journey of kingdom humanity. Everybody got that? I hope the Spirit of God is illuminating your minds and hearts as you listen to this. A better way of representing Jesus. A more effective way of advancing the kingdom of God. You know, you know, in the book of Hebrews, it keeps saying the, the word better, better. 
things getting better is used quite often there. A better tabernacle, a better covenant. And so we're talking about a better arrangement with God. A better covenant with God. This is a better framework for the Christian and for the believer living in 2023. To basically live it this way. So those three spheres of life. Of course, if you leave, read scriptures of devotion. Exodus chapter 20 verse 3. You shall have no other gods before me. God says, right? Exodus chapter 20 and verse 3. Matthew chapter 22 verse 37. Jesus replies, love the Lord your God with all your heart. Devotion. Luke chapter 4 verse 8. Jesus answers, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Isaiah 43 verse 21. We are created to do what? To worship God. We are created for devotion. And the reality of it is that if we not, if that devotion is not offered towards God, something else is taking that devotion in your heart. Something else. So that's devotion. Personal humanity. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God. So Paul is talking about the idea of a faith-based humanity. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul is saying, I am the incarnation of Christ in the earth. I have put aside my humanity to let the humanity of Christ flow through me. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18, But we all with unveiled faces, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So God is actually facilitating the creation of the humanity of Christ in your life. Citizenship. Philippians chapter 1 verse 27, read, read, reading from the NLT, Leave as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ, standing side by side, fighting together for the faith, which is the good news. Live as citizens of heaven. Live here on earth as citizens of heaven. So the scripture proposes the idea that you and I are citizens and inhabitants of spaces of life, that actually we must be activated in that reality now, live as citizens of heaven. And then it says in Ephesians 2 verse 19, we are fellow citizens. In Philippians chapter 3 verse 20, our citizenship is from heaven. In Acts chapter 17 verse 26, we were created to inhabit the earth. To inhabit. And we are you know, created by God to think like that. We think about our spaces actually in a, in a, in a, in a physical way, right? We, we think about how beautiful is the space. Humans are amazing. We walk into a room like this, we think, where, where can we put flowers here? Where, we need to make this a little bit more beautiful. And we want to take that same principle and practice it inside of life because we are created by God to be inhabitants in spaces of life. We cannot neglect spaces. So I'm a priest, I'm a human, I'm, in a, I'm, I'm the inhabitant of the kingdom of God. How does creation see me? 
in creation, I was created by God as a spirit being that fulfills my spirituality. I was created by God with a soul and a body that fulfills my humanity. And I was put by God in the garden. That means I'm an inhabitant in spaces of life. But equally, scripture sees me the same way. Or scripture constantly asks me, who is your God? Who do you worship? So in other words, scripture speaks into your priesthood. Presupposes and assumes that you understand that you are a priest, first and foremost. But scripture speaks into your humanity, who is the image of your life. And then scripture speaks into your you know, existence, your inhabitation. How do you exist? Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Husbands live with their wives with understanding. Are those special scriptures? Hmm? They presuppose that you and I are existing in some space. And that there is a thing called existence that we have to fulfill upon the earth. After having had a great Sunday morning. So this is how scripture sees you in the framework of the three spheres. Adam fell within that same context. Adam, Adam and sin. You know, his heart was separated from God. He lost the image of God. And his space of life was corrupted. That's what Romans 8 says, right? The, the earth was, 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 was corrupted. But Christ comes as the last Adam to bring restoration. He becomes the Lord of my heart. So he reactivates my priesthood. He becomes the image of my humanity. He reactivates my humanity. And he becomes the government of God in the space of my in, in my space of life. This really means that citizenship activates the government of God through us in the world. We become the representation of God's government in this world. Things that we've always been proclaiming in the past seasons, but that are really just being fulfilled now. We've always been speaking about the government of God, but how do we fulfill that? What is the government of God on Wednesday through my life? Now as we can sing it and pray it on Sunday and write books about it and never actualize it. The government of God gets released when I begin to function as a citizen in this earth. When my inhabitation is activated in Christ Jesus, I bring God's administration to the earth. So we see that throughout there is a flow of the, the thing that I want us to be thinking about all the time. is the three spheres of human life. Priest, human, inhabitant. That's how we fulfill the mission. To function as a priest, to function as a human, and as, an, as, as the inhabitant of the kingdom of God. And this allows the kingdom to come. Because if I function as a priest, then the kingdom comes to my heart, right? And if I function... As a human, the kingdom comes to my humanity. I personify Jesus. And if I function as an inhabitant, the kingdom comes to the spaces of life around me. And that's a beautiful thing. Everybody got that? Man? So kingdom humanity is the empowerment in Christ that we are receiving right now from God. If we go back to how, what do new impartations from God do to the church? We can ask the question, what is kingdom humanity doing to the church? And 
What is it meant to produce in the church? We can say that, well, based on the four components of the things we dealt with earlier, first and foremost, kingdom humanity empowers us against the influence of the world because we are authoritatively declaring Christ as the image of humanity. You know, there is an authoritative declaration of Jesus as the image of my humanity. But inside of kingdom humanity, humanity, we're also increasing the image of Christ as we manifest in devotion, as we manifest Christ in devotion, personal humanity and citizenship. Missional capacity is being activated. We live in the mission. The mission is not a thing that we go to. We live in the mission as we act in devotion, personal humanity and citizenship. As we take, occupy spaces of life, we're living in the mission. And of course, inside of that, we get to finish the things of God. Everybody got that?